comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Action Lab Entertainment, presenting the Action Lab Signature Series, its next line of books available for pre-order this December. The Action Lab Signature Series is dedicated to showcasing the very best up-and-coming talent. These limited edition releases are hand-signed and numbered by the creators, and the Signature Series will offer an ever-expanding catalog of genre-spanning titles that are guaranteed to thrill and entertain independent and mainstream fans alike. The three Signature Series books that are available for order are as follows. Monsters Are Just Like Us, a storybook art book written and drawn by Super Ugly, Space-Time Condominium Season 1, trade paperback written and drawn by Dave DeWanch, and the original graphic novel XO1 and the Rock Solid Steelbots, written by Sean Pryor and Adam Bezignotti, and drawn by Daniel J. Logan. Each signature series book is signed, numbered, and limited to 500 copies. Make sure to pre-order your copy at your local comic retailer or online comic shop this December. The Action Lab Signature Series. Independent creators. Instant classics. Instantly collectible. For more information, go to www.actionlabcomics.com. The PKD Black Box presents The Carol Chronicles. I heard that uh, last night um, that that uh, the Hornets uh, sending uh, sending a new offer, a new trade offer that the NBA has to approve, but they didn't say what was actually in the offer. Uh, I think it was an extra draft pick, but now the reports are that the Lakers are pulling out of it because of a very good reason. They realize if they do this trade, they have no front court. Really? Well, think about it. I mean, they'd be trading. Uh, Odom and Gasol, uh-huh. and that means they have to rely on Bynum for 61 games. Remember, he's already suspended the first five games for that WWE clothesline he did to J.J. Barea, yeah. which is okay in a little way because it gets means he doesn't have to play their, their uh, back-to-back-to-back. Mm-hmm. But Bynum's been injury-prone his entire career, so that leaves him with that leaves them with no front court. Yes. So they would be extremely vulnerable. Yeah, they'll have Chris Paul, who I think is due in about two years of having that major cliff fall off because he's got a bad knee. Kobe, who's got a bad, who's getting older, and so. Yeah. But now they're saying that the Clippers and the Celtics are the new uh, front runners to uh, get uh, Chris Paul. Yeah, the the uh, Clip would have to give up Gordon though, and they don't want to give up Gordon. Mm. Which I can understand. Yeah, but but you know, I think I think the whole the whole mess is is that I don't think this this would have been a big deal in the first place if the NBA didn't own the Hornets. No. And, and that, oh, go ahead. Your favorite owner, Dan Gilbert. He's not my favorite owner. Um, that's sarcasm. Okay. Sarcasm. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing with you, dude. I'm messing with. He's you. the he's the NBA uh, version of. Oh crap! Uh, Dan Snyder. Okay, you know what? Here, like, and here's the thing with him, like, because I, not, you know, when 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 LeBron uh, basically had his people get that deal together for you know him to go to Miami, and pretty much everybody saw it coming. Um, you know, Gilbert posted on on the on the Cavaliers website 
about how you know the 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 um the Cavaliers are going to be okay and that you know LeBron gave up and all this other stuff. Now, you know what? I understand you're mad. I understand you're salty. You know, you, you want you wanted LeBron to stay. And and yes, you you know, yes, the organization listened to Le, listened to LeBron when they said bring in Antoine Jameson, who has a tendency to disappear during the playoffs. Um, you know, and all other types of things. It just didn't work out. And the way it was all promoted and the way, you know, ESPN got into it and did that whole special the decision which was stupid that which was which was actually lebron's idea really oh uh, yeah from everything i've heard actually it was a uh, carter is 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 a lead assistant yeah i mean lead uh advisor yeah and that was a really bad mistake that was such a bad mistake you know it, it's it's one of those things where you know what like before lebron if you went to another team you did not have a special you just signed with the team and there was a press conference that was it you know, when Bar- yeah. you know, whether it be a trade, whether it be a free agency signing, you had the press conference. That was at the end. But to do a special at a boys and girls club, saying that you're gonna give stuff to the boys and girls club in Cleveland, and then saying, you know what, I gotta go to Miami, you're just really setting yourself up big time. And that was just such a bad look. But I understand why Gilbert complained about all that because he knew that that organization was done once LeBron left. But to complain again. And then send out that letter to Dan, to to Stern, to then say you might as well call twenty five teams the uh, Washington Generals. Look. I thought that was great and accurate. Yeah, true, true. I, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll give you that. But here's the thing: it's like a lot of this had to do with the fact that just because the owners didn't get everything they wanted in this new collective collective bargaining agreement, they got virtually everything. Yeah. So I, I and that's why I didn't understand why they bitched about this trade because the thing is is that if you looked at that original trade between the lakers the rockets and the hornets that trade was fair that trade between three all three teams that trade was fair and and then for that letter to be leaked out and to then have stern say that no owners influenced his decision yeah yeah that that was that was just it was not a good look it wasn't that's Stern getting on the downside of his career. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing is, is that, like, I've – look, Stern helped revitalize the NBA. I understand that. I get that. Plus, yeah. it wasn't just him. It was also the players, you know, whether it be Magic, you know, Magic and Bird, then Jordan, Barkley, and then the next generation, the next generation, even when Stern tried to force a new generation in with players like Grant Hill. You know, I mean, he did his best to try to make Grant Hill the next Michael Jordan. I'm like, that's not the next Michael Jordan. That's Grant Hill. And if he hadn't blown his ankle out, yeah, exactly. But um, no, I just that that whole that whole deal was just, yeah. And I never understood. I, I didn't. It didn't make sense to me why the why Stern rejected that deal. It, was, if it was just to appease the owners. It makes you look bad in the public. If it's just. It, any justification, it just didn't look right. It, it just looked like a bad mark on the NBA. It basically was a, well, we're trying to make a, basically I think he did it because he was trying to appease the small market owners and just basically he fucked up on that because it was a it was a good trade, actually. The team that came off the worst in it, and as I said, was honestly the Lakers. Yeah, because you, like you said, they have no front court. 
and it blew up the uh, Lakers. I mean, blew uh, the the Rockets are fucked because they're like we built for three years to get to this point. Yep. So we could get a Gasol and trade him and pair him with Nene. Really, Nene? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't didn't make, really make much sense to me. Then there was that whole alleged tampering between the Nets and, and Dwight Howard. That's not alleged. That's probably true. You think so? That he, I don't, I, I don't think Billy Hunter's that stupid to meet with him. Mm-hmm. But I think, but uh, but if he did meet with them, uh, this makes the Joe Smith stuff look tame. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm being honest. Well, but you would think that these owners and these players would know these rules. They do, but they think they they think they're they think they're higher than them. They think they're better than them. Uh, and let's be honest, Dwight Howard is not the brightest bulb. Ooh. He's a great athlete, but he is not that smart. Mm. Damn. That, that, I mean, that, that That's harsh. That That is harsh. I mean, think about it. He has, a, even as a basketball player, he's not that smart. But as a human being, I don't think he's all that smart. Well, but here's here's the thing, though. What's the difference between an alleged meeting between Howard and the Nets and Tyson Chandler stating on Twitter that, yeah, I'm going to be a Nick. The difference is that Dwight Howard is under contract to a team and uh, Tyson Chandler is a free agent. Ah, okay. See, I thought I, I thought that was a trade that got worked out that moved him to the Knicks. Or, or what, it was. Okay. It was a. It was one of the last of the sign-in trades, you'll see. Ah, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Because we're about three years away from sign-in trades being basically go away. They're, they go away in two years. Hmm. After two years, sign-in trades basically are going away and extending trades are going way down. That was in that link I sent you where basically like the one they pointed out was LeBron's contract under the new CBA. He would be not going to the Cavs. He'd be leaving like $40 million on the table even under an extended trade. Mm. If he did a regular just sign with the other team, he'd be losing I think only like 15. Well, see, that was a whole other thing too with the whole – with the with the rejected Chris Paul trade, from a financial perspective, it looked like it would hurt Chris Paul um, if the trade didn't go through. Because the way it looked was, okay, if Chris Paul would have been able to go to the Lakers, the Lakers could then give him like a five-year, $100 million contract. Yeah. But if he had to stay a Hornet and then be a free agent, then the then the biggest contract he could get would be like a four-year, $74 million contract. Yeah, that's part of the whole thing with them now uh, making it more, much more beneficial to sign with your current team. It used to be six years versus seven. Now it's four versus five. But the big difference is that under the old one, the six, seven, you could get paid the same amount. It's just that last year you didn't get. Now it's you don't. It's not just the last year you don't get. It's the salary raise, raises are not as much. Right. Like you said, I mean. Even if you signed a four-year deal that's the same length as the four-year 74, it would be like four years 84 or four years 83. So he'd be leaving nine mil on the on the table. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, $74 million is still a lot of money. Yeah. You, you know, it's it's still a lot of money. I mean, because like, look, yeah. I don't make that. You don't make that. So it's still. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, it's, it's still it's still a lot of money altogether, but it's just that. If I was Chris Paul, I'm like, okay, I ha- I'm going to lose about $25 million if this deal doesn't go through. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole thing about uh, with Carmelo last year was Carmelo wanted to get the extended trade 
to go to the Knicks, he kind of had the Knicks over a barrel. He had the Nuggets over a barrel because they knew he was going to leave anyway. But Carmelo, as I pointed out to you, I think some point last year or somebody, if he doesn't go to the Nug, if he doesn't get traded during the season, and they trade the C and they change the CBA rules up on him, he's screwed. Because I mean, think about it now. If he was a pure free agent, he is most he could get would be that four seventy four. And he's tra- and he was, was traded for I think like a what like a four eighty five or four ninety or something like that. So, so he made a shit ton more money hmm. by by forcing the trade early. And the whole extended trade is one thing that they're gonna, that they're changing up this year. Especially kicks in in two years when the cap stuff comes in. Like if you're a uh, But the whole big thing about the tax structure now, if you're a repeat offender of having to pay the luxury tax, which the people listening to this don't understand, salary cap is 58. That's what you have to spend to. And then, but you can go over it because of certain exceptions of salaries, blah, 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 blah. You start paying a luxury tax that is dollar for dollar at 70.2 million, I think is this next one, or 72. If you violate that four out of five years, you have to start paying uh, upwards at a maximum level of three per one dollar over. Right now, it's just a dollar per over. So if you spend seventy-five million, you got to pay a three million dollars tax. So actually, you're paying seventy-eight. In the future, if you're a repeat offender like the Mavs, the Knicks, the uh, who's the other big one, uh, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You uh, you would be paying. I think the I think the net the Knicks under the current one were twenty five million dollars over the salary over the luxury tax. No, I'm sorry, they're fifteen million dollars over, so they were paying thirty million dollars over. So they had a hundred million dollar payroll. Under the new rules, they'd have a hundred thirty million dollar payroll. Mm. So that's why I think you're going to see a lot of teams start uh, dumping players in two years. That's why a lot of teams now are like, oh shit, we got to get under the luxury tax. Yeah. Because I mean that's why, basically, release players so uh, or trade them to another team as some scrub player on their bench late in the season, so they wouldn't have to pay this luxury tax because the luxury tax is calculated at the end of a season. Wow. Yeah. So you always would see teams scramble to get under that starting at about mid February. The teams that knew they weren't going to make the playoffs. And so, and then you also have team. You also have teams like the Orlando Magic which had that amnesty rule for uh, Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, I always loved that. That was called the Allen Houston rule, and they didn't use it on Allen Houston. <laughs> the Knicks, that's always the name for it. Yeah. But uh, the weird thing about the amnesty now, instead of it being you're completely wiped off the book, it used to be you're off the books for, you, the guy was off, but I think it still counted against your cap is what it was, but you could just wave him and get rid of him. Now it not only goes off your cap, but teams can basically bid on him. So take uh, Chauncey Billups. He was released on his contract, but if a team wanted to come in and bid for him and pay, like, say, we'll pay $5 million for him, uh, the Knicks only had to pay him ten to make up the difference in the salary. Okay. So... Yeah, with Gilbert, he's got two years, like $28 million. So if some team offers him a two-year, $10 million contract, they only have to pay – the uh, Magic only owe him two years, eighteen. Wow. But somebody has to sign him. 
they have to bid on him. Okay, they have to bid. Now, if nobody bids on you, then you're a complete free agent and you can go wherever you want, which is what's going on with Chauncey Billups right now. Because Billups has basically said, uh, none of you fuckers bid on me. Explicit tag. Because he basically, because he said, I want to be a complete free agent and don't, if nobody bid on me or place a place one on me because if you're not the team I want, I'm either not going to show up or I'm going to come in and cause problems. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I said. But Chauncey wants another ring. So who does he, who do you think he's going to play for? Inevitably, I think he'll end up in. I think he'll either up in Denver because they need a point. Uh, he could end up in the Lakers or the Clip. Yeah. I think he would end up in one of those three places. Now, do you think that Howard will end up being a Laker if they can uh, get Bynum and somebody else for him? If they trade, if it's if basically they just trade Bynum and they're going to have to give up more than just Bynum. It would probably have to be Bynum and Gasol. If they do that, yeah, I think he'll end up with the Lakers. But but but, th- but then you have the situation of Lamar Odom. Well, Lamar's already been traded. Oh, that is right. He He became a Mav, didn't he? Yeah, he got traded to the Mavs because of their trade exception from trading Chandler in an extended trade. Mm. So it's going to be weird because that team still will have no depth. Yeah. Well, the the Lakers have struggled with depth for a long time, man. Yeah, and it's come back and bit them in the ass in, in the past. Yeah, I mean. They only won those two titles because of their front court depth. Yeah. And now you look at now you look at uh, the Mavs. You got a front court of uh, Nowitzki, Marion, and Odom. That's pretty. Dude, crazy. dude, Sean Marion is as old as you are. I, I know he is. I, I know he is. With the, with the, he ain't been the he ain't been the Matrix since the Matrix came out. I, I know, I know. But they, they people people still love him, man. Even though he has the worst free throw shooting style I've ever seen. Um, man can still defend. Yeah, he can still defend. Yes, which is weird. He can defend the three and four, and he's like six, seven, one hundred nine pounds. <laughs> he can still play though. That's that's the whole thing. And I'm not the biggest Sean Marion fan in the world, but he can still play. Oh, I was a huge Sean Marion fan when he was on the Suns. Oh man, man, I was a Suns fan for years after they started, right before they traded Barkley, because the I because I gave up on the Hawks. <laughs> oh. I was a Hawks fan for years. I was too. I was too. Like I, I, I mean, I went through all those teams. I mean, when you know, when they had uh, Neek, Antoine Carr, Doc Rivers, Spud Webb, John Battle, Dwayne Farrell, John, John Conkac. Oh, Con- the man they overpaid. Yeah, you know what's funny is like a Shaq. I was just got through reading Shaq's book, and Shaq's dad, uh, his dad, had took him to the uh, to a game and basically said. You see that man? That's John Conkac. He got four. He got this massive salary, and he doesn't deserve it. You're gonna be a big guy. You can get that salary. <laughs> shut up and shut up and play ball. Uh, That's basically what he did. Yeah. John Conkac is the abject lesson. I, I never understood why they just didn't let the Pistons pay Conkac that money, or were the Pistons like, "Watch, we're gonna make Atlanta spend this money on this guy." Watch both, because wow. because the only other player that they had on the front court. Was uh oh Kevin Willis, and you know as well as I do, Kevin Willis was soft. Yeah, but Kevin Willis could score though, and he could rebound. But the man was soft. Wait a minute. Now who had Otis Smith? Otis Smith. Yeah, that's much later. That's like fifteen years later. That's like twelve years later. No, it wasn't that much. It wasn't that much later. But it because I always get 
I always sometimes we always think that Kevin Willis and uh, and Otis Smith were in this were in the same front court together, but they weren't. They were just different teams. But um, but no, I know I, I know what you're saying. But yeah, Kevin 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 Willis was not known for defense. You know, you'd have Dude. to bring in like Cliff Levingston and uh, you know players oh, like God. that. But but see, and also you had Moses for a while too. And the only thing Moses did for Atlanta was cherry pick. Yeah, Moses by that time could uh, he couldn't really move. Right. Otis, uh, Otis was eighty six to ninety seven. He was on the Nuggets, Warriors, Magic, and then yeah, his NBA career was over, and he went to went to Sweden. Okay, I'm I'm thinking of another player. It's not it's not Otis Smith. I'm thinking of another player, and I just can't. It's not clicking in my head right now. What team? It I honestly couldn't tell you. It's just when I think of Kevin Willis. There's this other guy that was similar to Kevin Willis, but he played defense. And it's just it's gonna bother me and watch when we Spider get Spider Sally? Nah, not Sally, because Sally couldn't play offense. Um You say he could play defense, so that's the first thing <laughs> that came to my head. Because Spider Sally was God, he made Rodman look good offensively. He sure did, man. He sure did. Yeah, that was uh, bad. But um but then the second generation of the Hawks with Steve Smith, Stacy Augman, um oh, Mo- the Plastic Man Mookie Blaylock. For like that year. Yeah. yeah. Mookie was good for a year. Well, Mookie played his best ball in Atlanta, though. Uh, you know, Mookie, was, Mookie was a piece of shit. You think so? I thought Mookie was good in Atlanta. You know, New Jersey, he was real suspect. He was so suspect in New Jersey. But in Atlanta, I thought he had at least three good seasons. I think that's three. I think you're giving him too much credit. <laughs> uh, but then there were the dark. He wasn't. He wasn't, it wasn't fuck terrible, but he was bad. Yeah. So I take a he was all defensive. How the hell was he all, all def- and he was an all star? How? Yeah, man. Mookie was I saw pretty, that man play. Mookie was pretty good, man. He's pretty good. <laughs> he, he's pretty good. Now, here's the thing. Can the NBA rebound, no pun intended, off of this um from this labor strike and the the you know, Stern blocking this trade, all the bad PR, can they break that? Oh yeah, easily. And what's going to help them is the fact that there's that this isn't going to be another. The reason I think the NBA has been so successful the last two years, a, when the NBA you got to have four teams win, you got to have the Lakers win, you got to have the Celtics win, you got to have some combination thereof of the Knicks, the Bulls, and they got to win. That's your third team that's got to be a winner, and then some other random good team. If you had – that's the story. The team that they can go, look, here's your story for the season like the Thunder were last year, and the Mavs also were, so that you can build around. But, but you got to definitely always have the Lakers and Celtics win, and you always have to have – and then some combination of the Sixers, Pistons, Knicks. One of those teams has to be a winner. And then you can go with your story team. But the it, they were helped out by the fact that that happened the last two years. And let's be honest, college basketball has not been that good the last couple of years. You don't think so? Even even with uh, last year's Final Four and um, and with like small, with, with smaller teams, with smaller teams making it as far as they make it? Did you watch those games with uh, Butler? Oh, I, I watched I, I watched them. That, but, that, that, that last Butler game was atrocious. I didn't even watch that game. I, I wasn't even working, and I didn't watch that game. No, I watched it because I like Butler as a team. But that final, like that that championship game, shooting wise, was atrocious. I had to turn it off at the beginning of the second half. I, and the other two games were just as bad. <clears throat> but think about, it, I mean, 
I was one of the few people who said to the uh, tournament that Duke won was not a very good tournament. Hmm. It was a good tournament because you had a couple of good finishes. And the reason I think last year was overblown of how good it was was because every game you could catch live. You did, anyone everywhere could catch a game. Every game. Yeah. That's just... It just hasn't been that exciting and great. And I don't... And college basketball doesn't have any big storylines yet. So they're coming in at the right time, plus because they're coming in when they're supposed to, which is Christmas. And if they can build on this, if they can just basically go out and, and play ball and get good publicity, I think they can. Now, I think I don't think they're going to lose any fans because they didn't miss too much. They didn't miss a lot of time. Yeah. And I think, and in a lot of the markets they're in, you're starting. It's getting that time where the NBA writers are starting to come in, come over from college from uh, college football, from pro football. So I think they're getting ready for that. True. If they had stayed out till February again, I think that they couldn't. I don't think the season would have been lost yeah. for them media wise. Because because as everybody has pointed out, people start to look for NBA basketball. The first around Christmas time, they start looking at the uh, NCAA around the first of the year when tournaments when uh, you start playing conference. Right. Yeah, I think they're gonna be okay. Uh, that's just my personal opinion on it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, but man, I, go I, ahead. I think they'll be all right too. But I really think it's that they all knew that this was going to eventually happen. So it's like, why not try to nip it in the bud immediately? And both sides were stubborn. Let's be real. Both sides were extremely stubborn. And and like you know, the owners wanted an NFL system or or an NHL system. And I'm like, you know, your league is neither. And, you know, you make more money than the NHL and you don't come close to the NFL. No one does. You know, and... Actually, I think baseball makes more money than the NFL. I don't know how. But then, but then again, when you play 45,000 games in a season... Um, TV contracts, actually. Oh, yeah, like that uh, 20-year, $3 billion contract that the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim got. You mean the uh, yeah, the California Angels got? Yeah. yeah. Same thing. And the I think the Lakers, the one that they ended up that they shot down for uh, the the new Donald Sterling, uh, was I think fifteen years two two billion was his. I'm like, where's this money coming from? Who just got three mil three billion in their pocket to say, here you go? Because the Fox Sports are using those to build a brand. Mm. I guarantee that Fox Sports probably is also the one that televises all of the uh was it the uh either the sharks games or somebody they, i bet you they televise the sharks games and, no the ducks games not the why don't i say the sharks the ducks <laughs> games and I, they probably would have the uh clip game okay so they basically can complete their branding on that i mean that's the whole one of the whole big things with uh them now with, with the uh sports channels is to have this is our strip this is our brand. This is what we show. And so we, they build completely around it. It's like the Yes Network. It's like uh, Comcast Philly, Nesson, so that they integrate everything. They want that long-term stability so they can say, we've got 20 years of the Angels. Uh, okay. Uh, we've got 15 years of the uh, Ducks. We've got 10 years of the Clip. So we can strip all this programming, and so we can brand everything, and we can have our sponsorships up, and so we can be said. Yeah. 
Mm. And so, remember, team uh, channels lose money on, for the most part, on sports. They exist only for advertising. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's just- that's the whole reason why the ESPN owns, I think, twenty two, tw- something like twenty of the thirty two bowls. It's all for advertising. That is wow. Didn't know they. I didn't know they owned that many bowls. I knew they had a lot of bowls. Especially, I think it, especially last like, I heard, it was fifteen. Especially with 20. like uh, Capital One Bowl Week, which is actually two weeks long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's two weeks. Yeah. All the bowls before Christmas and I think half of the bowls after Christmas before New Year's Day are owned by them. And, and pretty and, much the and the ones if it's shown on ESPN, they own it. Let's and, go that way. And they own the national championship now too. Or yeah. do, or does that rotate through? Because you know, I knew Fox had it for a while and but like last year's championship game was on ESPN, and to be honest with you, I didn't even know I didn't even know that it was on ESPN because like I didn't I didn't watch it. I wanted to, and I forgot about it. I'm like, why is it on ESPN? Isn't it normally just on network television? They bit basically they bought the uh, rights. Wow. That's how it is. They bought it. Yeah, it's like the only game I think they don't own the rights to is actually they don't own outright is I think the Capital One Bowl. <laughs> I think that's honestly the only one they don't own is the Capital One Bowl. Yeah. And that's, that's and the Liberty Bowl. That's about the only ones they don't own. Liberty. Do they own the uh, TaxSlayer dot com Gator Bowl? Uh, I mean, isn't that still on a uh, CBS? So I don't think they do. I don't know who owns that bowl. <laughs> I don't know. I just I saw because I, I saw the uh, I was looking through the bowls. It's like TaxSlayer dot com. I'm like, they let anybody sponsor a bowl. My favorite bowl will always be the Sun Bowl. Because it was always that one that was on in the middle of the day, like December 29th when we were kids, December 29th, December 30th. It's like, there's a football game on on Wednesday in the middle of the day. Aren't bowl games supposed to be at night? Yeah. Back when there were only like 15 of them? Yeah. Like the, you're like, what the hell? Like the John Hancock Bowl? Oh, yeah. Played in the, the middle tech- of nowhere? <laughs> so it's the Sun Bowl. It's played in El Paso. Uh, speaking of the John Hancock Bowl, um, I had the opportunity to watch the Marinovich Project. I taped that. I have not watched it yet. I knew a lot of the story. You need to watch it. It's, it, you know, it, it, like it's, um, how can I say this? It's good, but it's sad. Oh, yeah. It's it's really sad. And, you know, they all, and like you also get to see the relationship between, you know, father and son. And how it's not your average father and son relationship, but oh no! But but watch, especially toward the end, you will like get to see what father and son actually had in common, and it'll make you wonder, well, why didn't they use this as a bridge for their relationship in the first place, other than the father trying to build a son to be the ultimate, you know, quarterback? It you got to watch it. It's like. I, I like I said, I really don't have a lot of words for it, but I, I like I liked it a lot. I mean, it's sad. I don't mean like I liked it. Oh, it's, it's great. It's awesome because it's a sad story. It, it's a sad story, especially like with everything that Marinovich had went through after college and being into the pros, and you, and you see the addictions that he had, and like how it affected not only not only how Marinovich's career affected himself, but also his friends and his family. And like as far as from family, this goes from like his days as a child. If he didn't do well, it affected the family. But if he did fine, things with the family were fine. 
and yeah. Ian, you you really have to watch when you get some free time watch it it was it was really good um really good documentary or yeah it's on it's on the agenda to watch on wednesday uh, what's Marv Marinovich actually had a career lately training MMA fighters. He uh, trained BJ Penn there for several years when Penn was having his uh, most success. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was the first non-Hawaiian that tra- uh, outside of jiu-jitsu that ever trained Penn, and Penn had his best success under him. Damn, I did not know that. Did yeah. not know that at all. Um, yeah. Do you think that uh, Robert Griffin III is going to leave school early, or is he going to come back to Baylor? He's a redshirt junior, so if he leaves, I think he'll probably go around the 10 to 15 pick. He could go higher. Mm-hmm. It's going to depend on if he's legit 6'2", then, yeah, I think he shouldn't have any problem. But if he's 6'1", that's my only concern. Yeah, I know Drew Brees is under six foot. Mm-hmm. And but, and he's built bigger than Vic. Yeah. It's also going to be. I think you should wait and see where the teams are that are where the draft order is. Yes. Yes. Because he has until after the NFL season to decide. If it looks like a team that isn't going to be an ideal fit, he shouldn't go out. Right. Because I mean, I mean, as we call, as we make fun of them, the Deadskins. <laughs> yeah. Are probably going to look at him if he comes out or Barkley if he comes out. I, I wouldn't want the Redskins to draft Griffin the third man. I, I don't trust Team Shanahan. I don't. I, I don't. I wouldn't want them to ruin his career. I, I, I really wouldn't. And like I know our friend Zach is a very big um, Redskins fan and it's just that dude. I, You know, no offense Zach, I love you dude, but as long as Snyder and Shanahan are running that squad that team is doomed, and anybody that comes in is doomed. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. I mean, they tried. They they tried to like bring back. They tried to bring back John Beck. I, I, I never. I didn't understand it. I'm like, really? I'm like, look. I know. I I know McNabb was on his last legs, and it's it started to show. It started to show in Washington, and it showed even more in Minnesota. But it's like John Beck, really? Rex Grossman is still a turnover machine. Yeah, the only difference between Grossman and Beck is Beck doesn't turn it over. Grossman can throw the ball downfield, but he'll turn it over. Yeah. Yes. And I'm looking right now at the uh, projected draft order. The he'll probably go to the Skins if he if he comes out, he'll go to the Skins. Let's be honest. Yeah, and that's I mean, the only teams ahead of him that w- because the Colts, I mean, they're going after luck. Matt Khalil, uh, I mean, the Vikings, they're going to look at a tackle. The Rams, they're not going to look at a quarterback. The Jags might, but I think they're going to have to give it a year or two before they decide that. Then the Skins, the only other teams that I could see that could go for him have had too much success, and that would be the Dolphins, the Browns, and the uh, Seahawks. They're not going to be up high enough to get him unless they mortgage some stuff. Yeah. Um, But here's the other part. There's no financial there's no real huge financial incentive thanks to the new CBA to come out. Right. If he comes out now he'd get a 4-year 20 million dollar contract. If he stayed he'd get a 4-year 25 million dollar contract. Hmm. The only difference is that he and he and Barkley would be battling to be the number 1 overall. Right. It's that's what it's going to come down to is who is who is the draft order and Let's be honest. This, he's a great kid, and he's a great guy. 
but it's going to come down for him. Where is he going to go? Yeah. One of my, uh, one of my favorite sports writers, Bomani Jones, who's on, uh, uh, was it, uh, around the horn all the time. He had a link to that story about Marinovich that basically is the foundation of that, uh, of the, um, one that you were talking about the uh, documentary, mm-hmm. but he was talking about the hair that Robert Griffin III has, and he said if he comes out, I guarantee you that hair will be cut almost immediately. I find it. Uh, see, that's the other thing I find also amazing is just when it comes to as far as you know, black men and hair. Yeah. How like a lot of white businessmen fear fear dreads or braided hair. I, and it's 2011, damn near 2012, and for an athlete to have braided hair, I don't see that being an issue. Actually, it shouldn't really be an issue at all. It should just be, hey, can you do the job? And that can be in any area. You know, I mean, perfect example is Dahani Jones. Dahani Jones has the craziest hair ever, and that man is now doing commentary for Fox Sports. And he, he did not has been, But Dahani has been... Dahani was a linebacker, and Dahani's been built. He just now got the really stupid, crazy hair. He had a fro for the longest time. Yeah, and it's still a fro, and it's a crazy fro. And it's, he, not, it's not a '70s fro yet. No, 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 no. It, it will never get that far. But um, but no, I don't think like he should have to cut his hair. I don't think you know. That, see, but that's the thing. That's the thing that they look at. They don't talk about. They don't talk about the arm strength. They don't talk about the speed. They don't talk about the intelligence. The first thing they they say they say when they look at Robert Griffin that they're oh if he's going to go go pro he's got to cut his hair. See, I don't understand that. I, I don't. It's like l- leave the stereotype shit alone. It's done. Just let the dude play quarterback. That's all that matters. You know, it's just like the whole Tebow thing. You know, look, they finally understood that you got to build offense around Tebow to make it work. Great, fine, whatever. That's cool. But it's like how many quarterbacks that played similar to play in similar systems to like Tebow in the 80s and the 90s never got that shot because he's a he's a black white quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Or a white black black white quarterback, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like there are a lot of quarterbacks in college that did the same thing Tebow did and what they were told was you got to play safety. You got to play defensive back. You got to play tight end. You got to play wide receiver. You will not be a quarterback in the NFL. Period. But Tebow yeah. got that shot. Tebow a got that part shot. of it is because he's white. Let's be honest, he's white. Well, that and uh, what you call it, uh, the former coach of the uh, Broncos, the next head coach in uh, KC. <laughs> um, he, um, yeah. oh, I can't. No, oh, I cannot. Never remember. He's the offensive coordinator for the Rams now. I can never remember his name for the life of me. But um, you know, he's the one that said because he, you know, he's the type of coach. He had the chip on his shoulder. He was like, "I'm going to prove to everybody that Tebow is the man." And when everybody's draft chart had Tebow like third round or lower, he drafted Tebow in the first round. Traded up to get him. Yeah. So, so that in itself. The organization has to play him because if Tebow was like a third, fourth, fifth, or sixth rounder, this wouldn't we wouldn't have, be having this talk right now. I really know we wouldn't be having this talk. But he got no. the, he got that shot that like forty other quarterbacks in the last twenty years never had the opportunity to get, and yeah. and so that's why I get upset when that's when I get upset like 
You're going to let Tebow do all this stuff. Great, fine. But you talk about somebody like like RG3, and the first thing you want to talk about is his hair. That's that bullshit, and I'm I'm, I'm tired of that. I'm well, sorry. you had that same bullshit with Cam, with Jerry Richardson. Yeah, no tattoos and all this other stuff. Yeah, that yeah. I'm like, yo, man, that's seeing that's kind of that's fat and that's foul too. The rules are different for quarterback now. RG3, I think, could change a lot of those rules because of who he is and how he is. Yeah. I mean, let's he's a fourth year junior. He's already got his communications degree. He's going to graduate with his master's in communication before the end of, at the end of next season. And if he comes back, he'll be in he'll be taking beginner he'll be in law school. Yes. So he's smart. He's also blazingly fast. He has he ran he won the Big uh, Twelve title and hurdles as a freshman. Not even a true freshman. A I graduated high school early to in to enroll and I uh, to get to learn the playbook freshman. He's smart. He's disciplined. I think he might change up how a lot of people look at dreads and all that. Because, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of people, a lot of white guys look at, and the older ones look at dreads and everything differently. Mm-hmm. And that's how the quarterback has to be sold. I mean, it's okay for somebody like Chris Johnson to have it, but it's not good for your quarterback. And considering that even today, most, the vast, vast, vast majority of quarterbacks are still white. Yeah. I mean, how many black starting quarterbacks are there? Well, as of right now, it's a lot less than compared to like four or five years ago, I think. So you have Cam. You got Cam. And I really got to think about that for a second, man. I mean, if you let's see here, um, you got Cam uh, well, Newton, Tavares, the joke Jackson. Yeah, I, you know, but see, man, I, you know what? I'm not gonna knock on Tavares because he's been getting the living crap beat out of him this year. I, I'm looking through all the I'm looking through all the divisions and. I think those two are it, man. Vic slash uh, yeah, yeah, Vic, Vic, Vic Young. Yeah, that's that should be about it. So you got Vic, Tavares, and um, and Cam. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That is honestly it. So, so I think you now, admittedly, and, jo- and Josh Freeman. I'm sorry, I forgot Josh Freeman. Oh yeah, Josh. And of course, but I mean, at the start of the season, you had uh, your you had McNabb, but mm-hmm. he's been released yes but basically you have but i think he might change up it depends on where he goes if he ends up on the uh, dead skins i don't think he'll change shit yeah i think it's going to depend on where he ends up yeah more than not he changes up people's perception of him yeah and then also and of dreads and and, and and then also you know also depends on whether he's going to go back to school so because yeah. like you said it's entire the nfl with the new collective of bar, new collective bargaining agreement that the nfl has now it doesn't really matter it, yeah, it really it really mattered before if you're if you were a guaranteed top 20 pick yeah it's like okay that could mean a lot of money but if it meant if i was a guaranteed top 10 pick it made more sense to come out now it's like eh. yeah yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter anymore it's just like with andrew luck andrew luck could have left last year right yeah and he didn't he stayed and he's, home. here's the other thing to remember luck is also a redshirt junior Luck doesn't have to leave either if he doesn't want to. He <laughs> is. He's already said he's leaving, but he didn't have to. Wow. Yeah. But mm. I was thinking, uh, oh, some stuff on the uh, NBA I was looking at. Here's the big, huge th- – here's something that's big and huge to think about that uh, – remember how the Mavs would throw in $3 million to every trade they would make? Mm-hmm. They can't do that anymore. You have $3 million you can ship in, Period. 
for the whole season. Oh. Yeah. Do you think also with this new CBA, as far as the, the Mavs go, do you think the way this collective bargaining agreement went, this was also like a jab towards uh, Mark Cuban? I think it really was a jab at the big teams. Okay. I think it was a jab at the Heat, the Knicks, the Mavs, and the Lakers. Because those teams make a lot of money and they spend a lot of money. And they want to be, and they're just, it's, they want to make sure that there is more competitive balance and teams spread around. I mean, that's why you have so many poison pills in this, like the the, uh, extra money, stay with your own team, the extra year, the extra money to stay with your own team, especially if you win an MVP or an all NBA player two times in a row. Like Derrick Rose can get a thirty, his salary maximum could be thirty percent of the cap mm-hmm. if he stays with the Bulls, as opposed to twenty five percent if he leaves. But I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure players also look at it like this. For some players, these contracts they matter, but they don't matter as much because of their endorsement deals. A lot I mean, of NBA you, players you, don't get a lot of NBA yeah. players don't get huge endorsement deals. I think a lot of them will look at it this way. It's like, okay, if I if I play in the league ten years, that means I can get two max contracts. I can see that. Yeah, I, I can see that. But, I mean, for somebody like LeBron, an NBA contract, it matters. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter, but when you look at all of his endorsements, his endorsements far outweigh his NBA contract. But what about somebody like Chris Bosh? There you go. Or Carlos Boozer. Very true. Yes. For them, that's where it comes in handy. But, I mean, I mean yeah, your top-level guys you're, will have that. But, yeah. But. No, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I was looking over some other weird rules on the uh, stuff. It's like now payouts. The you used to be able to get your uh, salary paid out on a six month or twelve month. Now you can have an eighteen month payout on it. Hmm. Yeah, uh, you used to be able to get eighty percent of your salary up front by November first if you wanted. Wow. Yeah. Now, now you can't. No, 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 no. No, you shouldn't. No. Wow, I didn't, like, I didn't did not. Yeah, that. it's like fifty percent now. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me think. Now, t- if a player's been in the league three years, up to three years instead of two, they can go. They can be sent to the DL. Uh, if you want to have an injury rehab, and the player and the union agree, and the team, and he's over three years, you can send him down to the DL for rehab for a couple of games. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's just some of the weirder rules that I was looking at that have changed. I think might help a little bit. The schedule this year is going to be strange because everybody's got at least one back to back to back. All right. Now the Lakers get theirs out of the way the first three games of the season, but a team like the Celtics, they got theirs in April, a couple of weeks before the playoffs begin. That's weird. Yeah. That's going to hurt some teams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, you saw Rip Hamilton's talking about signing with the Bulls. That would have been great three years ago. Exactly. And, oh, and also you were talking about Chauncey Billups, and Billups, like you said, Billups has stated specifically, don't, um, don't put a bid out on me. Yeah. He's like, I'm tired of being the nice guy. Don't put a bid out on me. I deserve to play with a good team. You know, let me go where I want to go to. Do you think people will leave him alone? 
I think they're going to have to. I think uh, they're not good. I, yeah, I think they're going to have to. Because if they don't, he'll either not report or will show up and be disruptive. Yeah. And, and, the, and, the, and the whole thing is that Billups isn't that guy who is disruptive. He's always been one of the quote-unquote good guys of the NBA. So yeah. it's one of those things it's like, look, I've been in the league long enough. Please respect my wishes and don't put a bid out on me and I'll go do my own thing. Thank you. So, yeah, I can understand it. Plus, you got some players still in China that haven't been able to break their contracts yet. Yeah, and a lot of those guys aren't going to be able to get out till March at the earliest. I mean, all those guys, the Kenyon Martin, J.R. Smith, yeah. yeah, they're not getting out. Yeah. yeah Mike Bibby signed with the Knicks? Yeah, you didn't hear about that? Yeah. I thought Mike Bibby was dead. No. Oh, no, that's just his career. <laughs> no, you remember he was with the Heat last year. Yeah, I remember. You couldn't tell. I know, I know. Especially, you know, who was it that was lighting? Uh, Jason Terry was lighting him up during that interview with Jeff K- with Katz. <laughs> oh come on, that was a good interview. Yeah, no, it was. It was. It, it, it was. They're lighting him up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. DeAndre Jordan just signed a four-year, forty million dollar contract. What? Yeah. <sighs> Blake Griffin's got to have a bodyguard. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan isn't that bad. Now, like last thing uh, before I, before I bounce. Do you do you see any improvement in the Clippers this year? Yeah, I think the Clip will. I think the Clip will win the. Uh, the they'll make the playoffs. I think they have an outside shot at the division. Okay. Because I really think the Lakers are due for a Cliff fall off either this year or next. Yeah. Now and I was looking over the teams I think are going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. out of the West. I think honestly, it's going to be the Clip, Suns, Lakers, Mavs, Spurs, Grizz, Thunder, and Nuggets. I don't think you're going to see much change mm. out of the East. Celts, Bulls, Knicks, Hawks, Heat are definitely in. Some combination of the Bucks, Pacers, and Cavs. And whoever ends up with Dwight Howard, if it's the Magic, they're going to make the playoffs. The Nets, if they keep him, if they get him, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. But I don't think the Clip. I think they'll win their first round, but maybe it depends on who they're playing in the first round. And if they're playing uh, a team like the Mavs, I don't see it. But if they're playing like the Lakers or the Spurs, they'll beat them. They haven't played the Thunder. They're screwed. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, those will just put Serge Ibaka on uh, and a couple other guys. So, yeah. Yeah, you don't mess with the Thunder. You don't don't mess with them. I think the Thunder could – if it – I think the West is going to be the Thunder versus the Grizz, and the East will be the Celts Heat again. Although I will say if the Thunder had a, a legit center, they would be unstoppable. Because, you don't think Serge Ibaka and Perkins? No, Serge, Serge Ibaka is their power forward. Serge, Serge plays the power forward. Kendrick plays center. And the thing is, don't get me wrong, I think Kendrick is good, but, I don't, but you know Kendrick can't last a full season at, at center. Not with that knee, no. You know, then because then like the number two center is Nazir Mohammed, who is technically old. I mean, <laughs> technically, he was technically old. Okay, he was technically old at Kentucky. <laughs> you didn't know. he play? Didn't he play for Patino? Yeah, dude. You know, I okay. mean, I mean, I'm older. I'm older than Nazir Mohammed by two years. Okay, but, so he's my age, and I'm 34. Yeah, so. You know, I mean, it's, and it's not a knock on Nazir Muhammad. He's, dude, dude's old. I mean, like he is past, you know, he is past his he's past his prime. And so, if they had a a, a pure center, a true legit center, that team would be just dangerous. 
who who was the six ten, six eleven guy who was a great shot blocker and rebounder who then blew out his knee, but he played for like another fifteen years, but he was always on like God. I cannot remember his name, but he was like a great but he was like you always like he's still around? Really? It, it just as a pure defensive guy. No, there are many NBA players like that, dude. Many. Like uh Kirk Thomas. And yeah, I was about to say Kurt Thomas is still in the league, I'd be guarantee you so on somebody's team. Kurt Thomas. He was on the uh, Bulls last year. Sure was. Forty six years old, still playing. <laughs> he is not forty six. <laughs> it's close. He's eighty four, but uh. I saw Kurt Thomas play in college. Wow. I saw that man play in college. Mm-mm. No, he is not showing in the league this year. He may, he's not showing on a team. Yeah, on a team. There you go. That those those are the correct words to use. He's not showing up on a team, but he is. Yeah. He is somewhere. He will be somewhere playing. Please believe he will be somewhere playing. Because that man loves him some basketball, so he will be playing. He is thirty nine. What? He was born on October fourth, nineteen seventy two. Wow. He was drafted by the Heat in 95. I I saw him play a game in uh, 94 his last year. I remember when when he was on the Knicks for so long. (laughs) Remember he had that one start year, and then he blew out his knee. Yeah. No, I remember, dude. Like, no, trust me. I I remember the days of Kurt Thomas and Charles Smith. I remember those days. Oh, Charles Smith. Charles Smith was already gone by then, but God, Charles Smith was a piece of shit. You know, Charles Smith was dope as a Clipper. Then he got to New York, and then he became a Nick, and like everything. Dunk the ball, <laughs> dunk the ball. Everything changed when he got to New York. His career was never the same. 